What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of another Q&A. We have Coach Brevin and Coach Abigail again with us today. Hey, guys. What's up? Hey. Hope you guys are doing well. Any big plans? It's you know, We're recording on the 21st. This is actually going to be coming out on the 26th, the day after Christmas, but y'all got any holiday plans? Try not to die in this winter storm driving <laughs> all over the state of Michigan. So if I'm not on the next episode, you know what happened. The w- winter <laughs> winter got me. I hate the cold. I hate the snow. I always ask myself every year, why do I live in Michigan? (laughs) And then I continue to somehow stay in Michigan, no matter how many times we plan to move. (laughs) No matter how many different places we plan to move. Yeah. I remember when I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I'll move to Michigan just for like that month or two, just like to work things out. And then it was like, oh, now we are signing an eight month lease. Great. Just what I wanted. <laughs> Thanks, Revan. <laughs> well, I, I feel you. your pain because I'm in Texas and it was 50 degrees yesterday. So mm-hmm. brutal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know that trending TikTok sound of like the or I don't think you're on TikTok, but like the, the violin. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna play my little violin yeah. here for you. <laughs> um awesome. Well, guys, we got another QA for you coming up and really excited. We got a lot of really, really good questions to dive into. So I guess, do either of you all want to take that first question? Yeah. Uh, So the first question is dealing with the wrist injury. My doctor said not to lift heavy. Is there any way I can still make progress through this injury? Who wants to take this one? Ooh, ooh, ooh. I think think we have a winner here. I think someone wants to take it. (laughs) Go ahead. All right. So prefacing this by saying I respect the medical field and medical opinion. And I am not a doctor. Um, so I have no medical degree. That being said, it depends on which doctor told you this. If it was your primary care doctor, they are very good at keeping you alive. And that is their primary goal. A specialist is going to be able to take care of more detailed injuries like this. And then that brings to the second, it depends portion of what kind of injury are we talking about? Is this acute, traumatic? Is it chronic? Is it arthritic? Um, have you had it? Is it recurring? Have you had it before? Is it genetic? Is it your whole wrist? Is it part of it? Like we need to look at the actual injury. So there's a lot more information that like we as coaches would want to know before we do anything with the wrist. That being said, your wrist is, I don't know, 4% of your body. <laughs> you still have the other 90% of your body that you can do workouts for. And with a coach who can properly uh, modify movements, you can absolutely 110% make outstanding progress, um, even with an injury. And I know I don't want to minimize a wrist injury. Any, any, Any injury is such a mental hard thing to work through as someone who's very active. But um, for instance, I tore my MCL and meniscus this year, and I still worked the whole recovery I worked out. I did high intensity workouts. She's got that um, dog in her. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's there was just modifications to be made. And, you know, make it a, a month of core work or a month of a lot the lower body. They now have really, really cool um, ways to still do squats and load up without having to use your wrists. Um, so there's not really anything that needs to stop with the rest of your body. But at, at in the same vein, We want to work with um, the coach who can also maybe come up with a better, almost, I'll say this, unless it's a totally broken bone, resting it with no movement is almost never the answer. So that's my, that's my two cents. I'll jump in on this one. This is actually my client. Uh, So this was a, an injury. I actually had to look this up. Um, I had no idea what it was, Um, but her ulnar bone is too long. So it causes some issues on the radial side. Um, So it's something that she's born with. It's been bothering her on and off for a long time, um, but she finally went and got it looked at. The only way that I looked up and found, obviously I'm not a doctor. Doctors are way smarter than me, but they're also super fucking lazy. Um, That's, that's my respect into the the medical field. (laughs) Most doctors are, are great, but they are so lazy when it comes to health and fitness stuff that it's just blanket statements. Like not just don't lift. Nope. And that's like you said, almost never the answer. Um, I digress. Um, was actually have the bone shaved down. 
Um, so something that probably isn't going to happen for a while. Um, but what we talked about in this specific injury, and I guess this really goes for all injuries is yeah, there's other ways to work around it. Like you said, it's about like what 4% of your body is your wrist, or even if it's a knee injury, there's a lot of other things you can continue to do. Um, so what we talked about even continuing with like a, a dumbbell bench presses, you can still make really, really good progress. Even if we want to say, Hey, let's respect what the doctor said. Let's not lift heavy. Let's take away those 40 pound dumbbells and let's throw in 15 or 20 pound dumbbells, which don't hurt your wrist. Awesome. Let's slow that movement down. Let's add pauses. Let's, let's focus on these other intensifiers. Let's shorten our rest periods and uh, that get that uh, metabolite accumulation. Um, let's do supersets. Let's do all these other things that we can work on, or let's find movements that don't hurt your wrist. that can still hit that same muscle group. Let's be creative around this. Um, but like you said, again, the answer is almost never just don't do anything that almost never solves the problem when it comes to an injury in, in fitness. Um, so that's kind of what we talked about was like, how can we get creative around this? What other things can we do? Um, so right now we have her doing slow eccentric movements, pauses in the bottom, um, for dumbbell bench press. We have her using machines rather than dumbbells. We have her doing all these things that she can still make progress and still feel good and still have that time to go to the gym without hurting that wrist any further. Yeah, I think, you know, I think this also comes back to, I, I agree with everything you guys said. I'm just kind of like add on to this, like the, the mindset piece. And Abigail touched on this a little bit. It's like, anytime you're dealing with an injury, like, of course, like you're, you're already going to be like falling into that. Oh, like now I can't do anything. Like so your first instinct is like, I just can't do anything. I'm, I'm limited. I'm, I'm stuck where I'm at. I can't make any progress. You know, your mind start, might kind of start going down that route. But I would also encourage you like during this moment is also like, think about, you know, why are we doing all this in the first place? Like, why are you wanting to get stronger and why are you wanting to improve your health? And if those whys are strong enough, you're going to find a way to make some sort of progress somewhere in some, some way, somehow, you know, maybe it's not like you said, you know, like loading up a ton of weight, but like, how can we adapt to this? How can we figure out to work around this to still promote recovery, but also still see some progress elsewhere? So again, like, why is this important to you and how else are you going to make progress? Because only you can decide whether or not you're going to let this hold you back or not. And I do want to make one caveat. We're not telling you to train through an actual injury. Like if it's if it's really, really hurting you, obviously stop. Um, for example, yesterday, um, I just started conventional deadlifting again in my new block and my back has been absolutely fucking destroyed. I went to do <laughs> low bar pause squats yesterday. I did one set and I was like, I, I could barely stand up. Like my back is so locked up. I'm going to call this workout and I'm going to just redo it tomorrow. I know that like, if I continue to push through that, I was only going to make things worse for the rest of the time. My glute was super, super tight. I couldn't get it to loosen up. So it was only going to hinder me further down the road. If I just continue to push through it, like injuries and pain are very different. Like you can push through pain. Like, Oh, that hurts. That's I'm, I'm going towards failure. Like, Oh, that muscle's really tight. That hurts. Cool. Push through that. But if it's an actual injury, like, yeah, let's, let's pull back. Let's regroup. Let's come up with a new plan and let's attack it that way. Yeah, I would agree. Awesome. Well, let's head into number two. Um, Abigail, do you want to take this one? Sure. This is a question from Christina L. Thanks for shooting us a question. Great question too. I feel like this is going to resonate with a lot of people. All right. So I am battling with being discouraged when the scale fluctuates between the same numbers, but never goes any lower than the lowest number. Example, if I'm teetering between 261 and 265, but I never go lower than 261. How can you break the plateau? I want to hear your, I want to hear your opinion on this one, Chase. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and, and of course, like I would ask more questions and it's just kind of hard yeah. in, a, uh, in a podcast format with a question. It's like, I, I want to know a couple more things. Um, but, you know, first, like how long have we been teetering between these numbers? How long have we been at this plateau, you know, quote unquote? Um, also, how long have you been actively trying to lose weight? How long have we been in this calorie deficit for? There's so uh, many different ways we can take this question. Yeah, there, there really is. And then like, also, like, are you seeing any other progress besides the number on the scale? Like, are we seeing inches dropping or body composition changing? Are we getting stronger? Are we having more energy, more drive, more motivation? Are we noticing other changes in biofeedback? So again, like I just kind of like asked a lot of different questions. Yeah. I would love to be able to like have her like on here and be able to ask <laughs> all these questions to, to give a lot more accurate answer. But I think with that being said, like we can kind of break down each of those a little bit and like what the, why I'm asking these and like depending on your response, 
where we could take that from here. You know, if you are, if you've been in a deficit for eight, 12, 16, 20 or more weeks, you know, like, are we getting to the point where it's like, you know, at some point, like you are going to notice some adaptation or maybe it's an adherence thing. Like if you've been trying to diet for so long and like, you're just like your adherence is starting to drop a little bit. Maybe you're not doing everything you were in the very beginning. Maybe your steps have gone down a little bit. Maybe your tracking's laxed up a little bit where, you know, we're tracking every other day now. Um, maybe we're just, you know, not being as active. Maybe we are, you know, not getting all of our water in. Maybe we're not, maybe, maybe you're just like laxing up on a few different things. And again, like, I'm not like trying to like call you out or say this is like negative or bad. It's just sometimes when we've been in a diet for so long, we just have to relax a little bit. Like our body's like, all right, you know what? Like you've been in this for a really long time, getting a little tired of all this. Like, let's just kind of chill back a little bit. And so that's a normal response for a lot of people is adherence starts to drop a little bit. So I think I want to assess that. And to, you know, like, you know, after a while, you know, where are your calories at doing, you know, at some point it's like, you know, if you've been at this quote unquote plateau for three, four weeks and have seen no change wherever else, then maybe it's like, all right, do we need to increase activity a little bit? Or do we need to maybe decrease calories a little bit? If your calories are already super low, probably don't want to do that. If you're already exercising, you know, an hour a day, a cardio or something like that, maybe you don't want to increase that more if that doesn't fit your schedule or just your lifestyle. So like, maybe this is the time. All right, let's pull back up a little bit, go to maintenance. Maybe it's time to go to maintenance for a little while. Um, I know I've just kind of thrown out a lot different, a lot of things and I could continue to keep going, I think for another like hour on this, but I'll let you guys kind of jump in on this as well. So I wrote down three questions um, outside of like the, how long have you been dieting? Are you, is the diet over outside of all of that stuff? Number one, are you being consistent enough? You, you kind of hit on that point. Like we have to really, really look at it and be like, are you being consistent enough? Are you tracking consistently enough? Are you doing the things you're supposed to do? Or are you actually consuming an extra 500 calories a day that you're not tracking? Um, because that's obviously going to make a huge difference as to why that scale is not moving. So like, let's take a step back and like, let's really, really assess what you're doing and make sure that you're accurately doing what you think you're doing. If that's cool. Awesome. Number two, which you also hit on, are you seeing progress in other areas? Biofeedback, sleep, hunger, recovery, energy, digestion, stress, measurements, um, are you seeing progress in the gym? Are you getting stronger? Are you seeing progress in your pictures? Like, are your clothes fitting better? Are you feeling better? Do you have more energy? Like these are all other areas that we can see progress in that are honestly way more telling than the, than the scale anyways. So like, let's look at those and see like, oh, well, you know what? I did lose two inches and my clothes fit better and I got a little bit stronger and I hit some PRs and I'm feeling really good, but like the scale didn't move like, okay. Well, let's take a step back and, and see what you just said. Like you just named 10 things that are going well, but then like the scale, which takes me to point number three is why is the scale bothering you? Why is that number giving you such an issue? And I, I generally take a different approach to, and you and I have had this conversation before. I generally take like a different approach to the scale than some other people that you'll see on like social media is where like, if you have a problem with the scale, I think you should weigh every single day. And here's my reasoning behind that. Because we'll, we'll kind of liken it to therapy. If you have an emotional issue and you just say, you know what, I'm going to put that away in the closet, and not deal with it. Eventually something's going to come up in your life and that closet's going to open and you're going to have to deal with that. So instead of just putting it in the closet, let's go to therapy. Let's deal with it. Let's learn to work through it. Let's learn why it gives you an issue. Let's learn how to deal with that problem. And that issue is let's step on the scale every day and see fluctuations are normal. Let's track other forms of progress and see that that problem, that form of progress probably is the least important one out of all the ones that we do. And let's start to know that like the scale really doesn't matter that much. And just me telling you that is like, great, thank you. But it still bothers me because like you're not taking the time to work through all of these other things and like go to therapy. I'm doing air quotes. So you can't see that. Um, but go to therapy, step on the scale every single day. So that's kind of my thought on that is like, let's start to work through that and let's deal with that. So the next time that comes up in your life, whether it's like going to the doctor and you step on the scale, and you're like, what the fuck? I did not know I weighed that much. Now I have all these issues. Now I'm, I'm in my head. Now I'm dealing with all this stuff. Like you step on that scale. I'm like, Oh, cool. That doesn't bother me because I know I'm seeing progress in all these other areas. And I know that that number doesn't define who I am. Let's hear it. I think we found our point of debate. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I'm like, uh-oh, Abigail's getting ready to speak up on that. I can see, I can see her smiling. <laughs> um, and again, this is where the beauty of being able to ex 
accept and embrace this as nuance is important because Brevin, Brevin's advice will work really, really well for some people and be very, very beneficial for some people. And he, as an excellent coach, will be able to tell where your mindset is based on your conversation, your progress, how long this has been going on, what avenue to take with you, right? So there's, I'm not discrediting that at all. I'm just highlighting the importance of individualizing coaching and how it can be really important in cases specifically like this. Um, because when I read this question, and again, not knowing any of those questions, that the answers to questions that Chase and Brevin have brought up, my mind kind of goes to ditch the scale for a bit, get it out, take it out of the equation, because what we might be, again, this depends on multiple things, but if we are so hyper-focused on those four pounds that are fluctuating back and forth, this could be for weeks, this could be for months, um, even subconsciously, you might not even be realizing it that when you weigh yourself in the morning or the week, however it is, it's going to affect maybe the choices that you're making that day. And you might be getting this big, big like tunnel vision towards trying to manipulate that number on a very acute scale. So you have like this myopic obsession with this, like manipulating this number versus being able to step back and looking at all of your habits and rituals that you're like the, the choices you're making on a day-to-day basis, zooming out from that lens and seeing, are those sustainable? Have you been able to um, be consistent for weeks and months at a time, um, you know, weekends versus weekdays, like being able to zoom out and not use that metric at all to kind of guide how you're gauging progress, but use the other metrics of change for your primary goals. And then introducing that skill, like once you have been totally consistent for weeks, months, um, I usually say like four to six weeks is a good, like if you can go four to six weeks, a solid chunk of you know, every single morning, having a breakfast at the same time, having your sleep schedule dialed in, having your hydration, your, um, your training schedule, things like that really, really dialed in. And then you weigh yourself after that, and there's zero change. Um, that's when I would take probably a different approach, or we'd switch things up or pull you out of deficit or see, like, that's when we would kind of analyze things. But typically, having that number and seeing it daily or weekly can kind of make us erase everything else from the, the big picture and say like, okay, I need to do just this today. And then maybe tomorrow will go down. And then we get into this very like strict, almost um, like hyperdrive to just manipulate that number as much as we can, especially when it's just down to those five pounds fluctuating up. Like that's maddening. We, we've been there before. Like <laughs> it's, it makes me want to smash the scale <laughs> in the bathroom floor. It's so frustrating. Um, so I, I personally, you know, would advise throwing, like taking a break from the scale and stepping back to look at the other things. If that's where you are with your mindset, obviously I would know which one of my clients that might work for, or we could choose both options. Like if we try um, ditching the scale for four to six weeks and we come back and they're like, you know what? Okay. I'm seeing some change. I really want to dial in now. Let's start introducing the daily weigh-ins, right? So there's not like one way or the other it totally depends on where you are mentally and emotionally with the scale but I do think that there's a couple different options here depending on the hold that it's having over you yeah. for sure and I definitely think that oh, and I've utilized both and I think I start most people with the hey let's weigh every day let's see where you see the issues let's see all these things and I've seen some really cool things to where like um, at first in, in month one, we'll say they're like, Oh my God, I gained three pounds overnight. It's like, okay, cool. Let's take a step back. Let's objectively look at why that scale went up. I want you to tell me three reasons why you think that scale went up. Cool. Well, I ate really late at night, so I didn't have time to digest all my food. I ate a lot more sodium. I ate out. Um, I did X, Y, or Z. Awesome. Hey, cool. Do you know why that scale went up? Is it going to come back down? Yeah. Okay, cool. So it, it does take a lot of communication. It does take a lot of upfront work, working through that mindset piece of it. Um, but I have seen that payoff. But I've also had where we've tried that approach and like, hey, you know what? For you specifically, I want you to take a month off of weighing. Let's look at all these other things. Um, so I think it is a balance of like, 
who is it going to work for? But I have seen some really, really cool, um, some mindset shifts with the let's weigh every day. And it, it takes making sure that you are really, really looking at all these other forms of progress that you're communicating constantly, that you're having these talks and um, really bringing these other things to light. Because if you put a huge focus on that number, then that is going to continue to further that problem. Yeah. And I think I'm definitely like somewhere like kind of like somewhere in the middle, like and I've utilized different approach, both of these approaches as well. And one thing that I want to add to this is just for, and, and just my two cents that I always explain to a client is like, if we're going to weigh ourselves, we're going to weigh daily or we're not going to weigh at all. The reason is because I, I'm not a huge fan of people who like weigh themselves once a week and things like that, because you might be totally missing out on all the progress you're making. And so I'd rather you just not weigh at all. And and here's the thing. And again, this is more of a, you know, this is an audio podcast. So it's kind of hard to like, but just visualize like if you're like looking at a week span and you're weighing every Sunday and Sunday you're 262, well, then you go down and then you weigh again next Sunday and you're 263. You're like, what the hell? I've gained a pound this week. What am I doing wrong? Well, you missed that 259 and that 260 that popped in throughout the week but you happen to fluctuate back up by Sunday. And so you're happy and you're weighing yourself on Sunday. So you catch the high weight when you've missed all the others. And if you would have averaged it throughout the week, you have actually seen a little bit of a decrease again, just throwing that little extra caveat out there. Like I do think that you should pick one and stick with it and not just like spot way, like Monday, Thursday, Sunday, or you know, once a week or just random times throughout the day. Like, don't I think pick it, stick with it, and if you're going to adjust, then adjust like fully at that moment. And I just want to throw in there: I don't think that there's one way. Like, she's wrong, I'm right. I think there's a there's always like in health and fitness, there's always a happy blend in there of like what's going to work best for the individual. Um, in some cases, it's going to work that way. In some cases, it's going to work this way. And in some approaches, like what she does and how she speaks to her clients and what I do and how I speak to my clients are going to have different approaches to them. And they're going to work in different ways. There's not the really cool thing about health and fitness is there's never one right answer. And I just want to throw this out there as well. This goes for anybody who's listening, um, especially Christina, if you're listening to this and you hear this, like if any of these responses really resonated with you, like, and you want to dig a little bit more into that and actually like give us those answers to those questions we were saying we would ask, feel free to message any three of us and we'd be happy to go a little bit deeper into this and that goes for anybody like that's the joy of this podcast of having three different coaches on here it's like you're gonna get three different opinions sometimes it'll be three pretty almost exact same opinion and sometimes it'll be three completely different opinions so like find the one that resonates with you and then like reach out to that person and like go a little bit deeper to that conversation awesome let's dive into number three i'm super busy during the holidays i don't always have time to make it to the gym how can I still maintain some sort of consistency with my fitness routine during such a busy time? I'll take this. Um, so I, this is a great question. And I think the number one thing to remember is you're probably not a professional bodybuilder. You're probably not a professional powerlifter, professional athlete at all. Your life doesn't have to. And I'm saying this is someone who absolutely loves and lives in the gym. Your life doesn't have to revolve around this. You miss one workout, you miss a whole week of workouts. The world's not going to end. You're not going to lose all your progress. There, and, and COVID showed us this. There are plenty of plenty of research out there that shows like you're not going to lose your muscle mass after a week or two weeks, probably even three weeks, maybe even four weeks. And once you get back in there, you're going to be fine. Take it easy or else you're going to be super sore and you probably are going to lift a little bit less when you first jump in there. But like, it's going to be fine. The world's not going to end. You can still stay relatively consistent. Even if it's, Hey, no, I can't go to the gym, but I want to stay active. Awesome. Let's go for a walk. I mean, if you don't live in Michigan, um, you don't want it's too damn cold for that, uh, but there, there's so many other ways that you can get consistent. Like, Hey, go have your family football Christmas party or whatever the hell you guys do. Um, go to the pool. Like there's so many other ways to stay active that are outside of the gym. Again, this is someone who absolutely loves the gym. If you miss a workout, it's going to be okay. It's not the end of the world. Give yourself a break. 
when, when you were saying about don't go for a walk out in Michigan, I was just cracking up about thinking of that photo. I sent you that selfie I took the <laughs> other day when I was out. I'm like, it was freezing cold and I had my big jacket on. And I was just like, I'm out here on this stupid walk for my stupid mental health. <laughs> and was, I am help. <laughs> and I'm freezing. Um, but no, I, I agree with all of that. And I think, you know, just guys like realize that like one week of like, maybe not get to the gym all the time, or maybe like you throw in like a home workout or throw in something that you can just do quicker, you know, cut your time in half, like all or something rather than all or nothing. I think it really is important to talk about here is, you know, realizing that, you know, maybe I can't make it to the gym for my normal, like, you know, that's powerlifters and almost two, three hours in the gym um, where somebody, maybe if you're normally a, an hour workout person and you literally have 15 minutes, great. Do you know how much you can really accomplish in 15 minutes? You can get a pretty good workout in. I can do one set of squats, take it or leave it. <laughs> um, you can still get in a lot of the stuff. And sure, it's not going to be optimal, but what is practical during the holiday season? What can you squeeze in? And also, like, how are you prioritizing this with all the other things going on that week? Like, is your health super important to you? If so, maybe that is getting up a little bit sooner. And again, I'm not saying like compromise your sleep and all that, but maybe it is like getting up a little bit earlier and going for your workout. And again, even if it's just 15, 20, 30 minutes that you have when normally you would have an hour workout. One, one little caveat to throw in there. If you're someone like Chase who drove what 13 hours to Virginia and you get to see your family that you haven't seen in forever, like don't miss that time to go get an, a workout in. It's not the end of the world. It'll be okay. I promise. Enjoy the time with like, that's what the holidays are for is like, enjoy the time with your friends or family or whatever you do, or me with my cat. I'm going to enjoy the time with kitty and I'm not going to go work out. It'll be fine. But bro, I'm going to, I'm going to lose all my gains. That's, I can't do that. That's <laughs> all right. I didn't have that many to start with. All right. Yeah, I, this, this question came up a lot with my all or nothing thinkers this week, um, which is, it's almost a good challenge for you to embrace where what does consistency look like this week of Christmas and or the dead week between Christmas and New Year's Eve look at the other areas of consistency that are happening like this week is not a normal week <laughs> um holiday parties family travel like there's not normal consistency in in most areas of your life professionally whatever like everyone's week looks different so don't assume that consistency will look the same this week in fitness as it does the rest of the weeks because consistency across the board for this week next week is going to be a little bit different um that being said adjust your expectations accordingly um like we always say give yourself little wins like if you know that you're not if you typically work out four days a week and you're going into this week with saying i'm going to get to the gym four days this week you might not be setting yourself up for feeling that great and you might come out in the next few weeks and saying oh i didn't you know stay consistent blah, blah, blah. so manage your expectations um and lower your barrier of entry. So I told my clients this week, uh, if you work out at home, do it in PJs. Fuck it. <laughs> like, I do that up, in the gym. <laughs> right? Or if you're Abigail, um, the onesie. <laughs> yeah, work out your onesies. Um, <laughs> if you have like two super sets in your workout and a main lift, like maybe get to just the main lift or maybe just do the one super set. Um, like Chase said, like if it's an hour, bump it down to 30 minutes. If you just have time for... Um, like 15 minutes, go and look at your workout. I know you guys have your workouts beforehand. If you're working with us, you can go through and pick it up or we have adapted your workouts to fit the schedule. Um, and then also, you know, say realistically, I'm going to get in one to two workouts this week. And then the rest of the week, I still want to prioritize movement. So I feel good. And I know how feel, I feel good when my body physically has movement. So let's really get some walks in. Um, still spending time with family and not, uh, you know, interrupting from your schedule is detracting from your holiday experience at all, but find ways to incorporate movement outside of the gym and just manage your expectations, give yourself some wins where you can. And like, for those all or nothing thinkers, like cut yourself a freaking break this week. <laughs> um, it'll be a really good, like mindset lesson for you. Expectations govern experience. If you go with the expectation that you need to work out four times this week and do cardio and hit all your macros and you can't have that cookie at Christmas, you're going to set yourself up for a failure. Eat the cookie, miss the workout, get back on track the next day. It'll be okay. Absolutely. I love that. And I, I think it's also important, like, you know, also like look at it and also like, I'm just kind of like throwing this like devil's advocate, like thing in here as well. Just like if you miss a workout, you end up on the naughty list. 
Yes, exactly. You get cold. Um, <laughs> but no, like I think it also is important for those who like also like if your holiday is literally just like two to three days that week and maybe you're not able to get your activity, maybe you're not able to eat on track, maybe you're not able to get your workouts in or whatever, maybe during the two to three days, that doesn't mean you have to take that entire week off and skip your entire week of just being like, well, I'm not doing anything this week because I couldn't be good for those two to three days. So just throwing that out there as well. Again, that all or something or nothing um, difference right there. Um, you can still make the most of the rest of your week as well. That's a good caveat too. And and when you know you have something like this coming up, like you said, if there's only two or three days in there, like, hey, like Friday, Saturday, I'm busy. Actually, it's Sunday this week, but Saturday, Sunday, I'm busy. Cool. Get your workouts in earlier in the week. Set yourself up for success. It's, it's okay. Maybe it's not ideal. Maybe you work out four days in a row, but like you got all your workouts in. Cool. If you don't, cool. You really have to figure out like what's important to you. Yep. Embrace that it'll look different. I, I just drove a 25 hour road trip from Connecticut to Texas and I brought immediately foam- squatted after <laughs> <laughs> I brought a foam roller and one band and one 25 dumb- pound dumbbell. And I moved my body at the hotel and at a friend's house where I was staying. So there was movement. It wasn't like an Abigail workout per se, but I definitely moved some weight around, um, got some good movement in and I came home and I rested yesterday just to like let my back rest <laughs> which was ridiculous and like going back to working out today so it's not a typical week for me and I think me like two years ago would have been really frustrated and been like oh, I'm not being consistent like I'm gonna fail and being on vacation now it's all downhill from here or if I miss like I tend to like snowball effect where if I miss one or two then by the third one I'm like oh, I can miss this one too right but realistically I don't have any you know social engagements or anything today so it's not detracting from any part of my holiday experience. And I don't want to um, let like the three days where it was other priorities going on and other things going on. I don't want that to snowball any further. Does that make sense? So it's, it's just going to look different. That looks very different for me. Um, and working with my coach has been really helpful. I will say that having a coach through the holidays is a game changer. Chase also really adapted. He sent me a video on his road trip of him benching his car. So no excuses, people. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure you mixed that up. There's no way I'm benching that. I'm lucky if I can bench, <laughs> I'm lucky if I can bench the bar some days. <laughs> now squat, deadlift, maybe something different. Um also. Well, Revin, do you make number four? Yeah. Can I still make progress after 40 years old? This is a great question. Who wants yeah. to take it? Abigail, Abby, like Abigail really wants to take this one. I know she does. I can see the <laughs> smile. You can make progress at any point in your life. Fact. Steroids are a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't supposed to say that. Uh, what was that whole thing about doctors being lazy? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody mute I, actually, I saw something. Uh, I think it was a, a TikTok. One of my friends sent me that. Uh, was some dude benching. It was like, if you enjoy working out, imagine how much more you'd enjoy it if you were on trend. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <Gosh>. don't tell me. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> um, yes, absolutely. Will you be like a 20-year-old bodybuilder at 40 or beyond if that has never been part of your genetics at, at any point in your life? Maybe, really. Like, don't don't take anything off the table, honestly. Um, I, I think again, working with a coach to manage your expectations here is huge. What does progress look like for you? Why are you working towards your goals at any point in your life? Your why is going to be a huge component. Um, but you're, you might have some genetic, um, barriers to work harder around. You might have some injuries that you're coming back from. You might have maybe, 20, 30 years, especially when we're talking about excess, excess weight, if you've been overweight, um, you might have sure some joint or, um, you know, muscular pain, things like that. These are all just barriers that you can work around. And I think the most important thing is recognizing that your, your brain is so much stronger than you think it is. And it hears everything that you think. So if you ever found yourself like discounting something and I'm not 40 but I can say now like oh I'm getting older I can't you know deadlift any more than I did at 25 false like that's my brain saying okay then why even try deadlift right but I'll just put in a little bit less effort each time um 
versus saying, I wonder, you know, I wonder what my deadlift is for this year. You know, what can I work towards? Um, and the same thing I hear a lot of people, especially I, Chase knows this. I love working with um, people coming back from injuries or dealing with pain or certain muscular imbalances, strength imbalances, things like that. And I'm hit you up. my whole body hurts. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll hear the statement like, oh, I just have a bad knee. Okay. Like there's so much more behind that. And also your knee is hearing you call it bad for years and years and years. Like, it, and I know it sounds ridiculous, but trust me, I do this for a living. I see it. I hear it. Like it's, it feels it. It knows that you don't have a bad knee. We haven't found the right solution to make that knee work to like fit the lifestyle that you have. Um, you might have some doc doctors, again, your primary care physician is there to keep you alive. They are not there to make you an optimally performing physical human. Survive, they are there not to thrive. keep you alive. Yes, <laughs> genuinely. Um, and it's probably a liability for them to say, you know, do this or this or this because they aren't trained in that. And to be fair, a lot of personal trainers aren't as well. Um, so finding someone who can work with your condition and expertly and intentionally progress you through things um but that's kind of a tangent back to the question is finding <laughs> finding that mindset where you're not limiting yourself and you're not blaming your age um and I don't like to play the comparison game here when you like well look at this lady you know 95 year old but like deadlifting a thousand pounds whatever um because I don't like there was just a hundred year old woman I was gonna raise a power lifting competition that is so badass no excuse ever <laughs> matters anymore <laughs> Yeah. So if, if you feel like there's an age at which you can stop making progress, um, it's your brain telling you that. And that's a strong story that you're, you're telling yourself. So I want to throw just a little story here. Um, back to Australia, um, back to world when we were at this powerlifting competition and there was an old lady going in front of us. She was what, probably 60. Mm -hmm. First of all, I have never seen someone hit so hard and stand up. I swear to God, her coach, he hit her and me and another coach that were back there looked at each other like, oh my God, is she okay? Like that's elder <laughs> abuse. He smacked the absolute <laughs> shit out of her. And she went out there and squatted a world record. I was like, you okay. And my excuses <laughs> never matter anymore. Yeah. Um, so just a little fun story. Um, but I think, like you said, a lot of those, those things, um, my metabolism slows down after this age. I can't, I can't make progress anymore. That's not for me anymore. The, a lot of those are excuses. And a lot of those I find in like a kind of that self-sabotage category of like, nope, I can't do it. Like, okay, continue to tell yourself that story because you're scared of actually having success or like trying and failing. So mm -hmm. like, let's, let's stop that negative talk and let's like, yeah. Working with a coach, work with someone who knows what they're doing. Like success might look a little bit different for you. Maybe you're not going to squat 800 pounds, but like you can lose weight. You can build muscle. You can get stronger. Like you can do all these things that you never thought you could. And you're going to feel so much better 10 years from now that you started doing stuff now, rather than waiting another 10 years and be like, holy shit, my body hurts. Everything sucks. I'm overweight. My cholesterol sucks. Like my blood works terrible. Like let's start now and stop making that excuse of like, I'm too old. Yeah. Promise you, you're not. And again, not playing the comparison game, but there are plenty of people who are much older than you that are having great success because they stopped making those excuses to themselves. And I'm not one of like, oh, don't make excuses, just power through it. Um, but this is kind of one of those cases of like, yeah, you, maybe you aren't going to do what you were doing at 20, but you can do more than most other 40 year olds right now if you start. So like, yeah, just get into it and start again. Expectations are going to govern experience. So like go in there with the expectations of like, Hey, here's what I would like to accomplish. How do I do that? Awesome. You can still make fantastic progress. Even if your metabolism is a little bit slower than it was at 20. Great. We just make a few changes here and there. We can still make progress and you're still going to feel better 10 years. And I think that's what everyone really needs to look at with this question is like, if you're like, oh, I can't make progress at 40 you're going to really regret it when you hit 50 that you didn't start at 40. Like just start now in 10, 20 years from now, when you're actually able to get up and move and be functional and your other peers who are the same age as you are struggling to walk around. Like you're going to look at yourself and be like, holy shit, I'm really glad I didn't make that excuse that I couldn't make progress because I was 40. Yeah, no, I, and again, like, you know, I, I like you all both said, like, I don't like add the comparison in here, but 
you know, just like you said, like there are people that are doing great. Like I have a few clients that are in their six upper sixties and one has lost about 50 pounds. One's lost 70 or 80 pounds and just making fantastic results. And, you know, have gone through like COVID and like have like, you know, one, like had a wrist injury and like a lot of different things they've both been dealing with throughout the past year or plus, you know, been working with me over almost 18 months now. And, but they're still focusing on like, what can they do? What are they? And, you know, not just like the scale, but like their quality of life and everything else that improves with this. Like, and also like, stop telling yourself you feel okay. Because that's one thing that I think a lot of people fall in that mentality of like, I'm fine. Like I, I, I'm okay. Like I, I, yeah, I have a, you know, my bones crack a little bit here and there. I have a little bit of pain, but, but I'm fine. I, I feel fine. No, you don't. And, and I say that knowing like, and I used to, even you know, someone who's young and used to be overweight, like I thought I felt okay, but I, because I never knew what good felt like. I never knew what feeling great felt like. That's one of my favorite things is when someone's like, now I feel good. And they're like, you know what, actually, until I started feeling good, I didn't realize that I felt like shit. Exactly. So like these people, like they, they're like, you know, they've tried all the diets and everything. And, and let's, let's face it. Let's be honest. If you're 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, and you've tried all the diets throughout all the different years, you've already been so conditioned for failure. You're, you're honestly worried about failing again. Like what's going to be different? It's like, I've been dieting and I've tried literally every diet out there for 40 years. Why now? Well, you haven't tried that last diet that's actually going to work for you. You haven't actually tried to figure out what's going to work best for you and your lifestyle and what is going to be most optimal, and most practical for you. And so let's find that and start leveraging those things so then you can actually become that person you want to and stop holding yourself back. I think this also kind of goes back to question number one. Like you're dealing with an injury, you're dealing with age, you're dealing with whatever. Like let's find a way to work around the issue that you're dealing with. Let's find a way to make progress still instead of just saying, nope, nope, can't do anything. Like you said, all or something rather than all or nothing. You're going to thank yourself in 10 years. Yeah, for sure. Anything else with that one, Abigail, before we move on? It's just, it's just mindset or I'm, I'm thinking about, I, I was 26, but the mindset at 26, I couldn't get up and down from the ground. I couldn't tie my shoe. I couldn't go upstairs without breathe, like being totally out of breath. And if you had told me that I could like one day do a burpee, I'm like, no, I'm 20. I'm a grown adult. Like this is my, how my body has been for the last 10 years. Like it's not 40, 26, like in my head, I had only experienced that. It was hard for me to get up and down from the ground. Like, I don't, I didn't know, you don't know what you don't know. Again, like you don't know what good feels like. You don't know what it feels like to be able to just jump up and down and not worry about your knees splintering in half or carrying 300, so like too much weight on my body. So like, it doesn't matter the age. It's, it was strictly the stories I was telling myself. And that can be at 15 or 50. Like it doesn't, just be aware of what you're telling yourself. One of the coolest clients I ever got to work with in person was a 69 year old woman who had never lifted a day in her life. And she's like, I'm ready. And we're like, all right, cool. Let's do it. We worked together for like, I think like five months. And every day she came in there and she was like, let's go. I want you to put me through it today. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. And she came in I there with so clients. much energy and it was awesome. And she was so much fun and she got a lot stronger. And like, it was really cool to see her every time she'd do a new plate on the stack. It's like, damn, I'm awesome. I'm like, yeah, you are. That's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. And, and good. Like, and especially like we've kind of touched on this, you know, a bit already. So I'm not going to, you know, keep beating on it, but like, it's something that if you, like when you're, when you're into your older years, you know, you're, it's less about like weight loss, but more about just like quality of life and independence. Like you're going to want to be able to stand up off the toilet. I'm sure when you're 60, 70, 80, 90 years old. So like, think about these like little things. And I'm sure if some of you are kind of chuckling to yourself, but like, honestly, there's a lot of people that can't. There's a lot of people that are laying in bed and literally can't get out of bed that depend on so many other people. Wouldn't you rather have this functionality and the strength to be able to do all those things independently for the rest of your life? Or at least as long as you're capable of doing those things? I know I sure would. So put in that little bit of work now and it's going to pay off so much more later on in life. Awesome. Let's dive into the last question. How long should I be resting in between sets when working out? Now, Abigail, I know I'll you're going to say 
burpees and all that in between these workout sets, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll start on this one. I... <laughs> so this is one of the, the questions I get all the time. And it always kills me because in the grand scheme of things, this is like the least important thing you really need to focus on. There's so many other variables that are going to matter so much more. People are always like, how long do I rest in between my sets? Is 30 seconds enough? Is 60 seconds? Is 90 seconds enough? Is five minutes? Like, chill. Like, rest until you feel good. Um, but in all reality, um, I like to take the approach. Um, and again, it's very, like, case dependent. Um, of I would personally rather have my clients and I'd personally rather have myself train harder during the set, take a longer rest period, and be able to give a full effort to that next set. The main driver of muscle hypertrophy is mechanical tension. So if you're losing the ability to actually create tension by having to reduce reps or reduce your weight or anything like that on an exercise because you only rested 30 seconds, well, then long-term, you're probably having some diminishing gains. Um now, if it comes down to a time constraint, awesome. Again, expectations govern experience. So it really comes down to like, it depends. But the majority of the time, I'm going to tell people, rest until you feel like you can give like at least 90% to that next set. Some people are going to have better cardiovascular fitness and be able to go in 60 seconds. I take five minutes in between each, in between each set of squats because I need that time. And again, goal dependent, my goal is maximal strength. So like I need that time to recover fully. Otherwise it's going to affect my next set. If your goal is muscle hypertrophy, a little bit different. So again, very goal dependent, very, it depends, but like stop missing the forest for the tree. Stop looking at these small little things inside of working out and, and focus on the bigger picture things like your effort, your consistency, volume, intensity, frequency, like those are all way more valuable than like, did I rest 60 seconds or did I rest three minutes? That's my thought. I, I think it's, you know, just important to like actually make sure you're resting during that time. And like Brevin said, like find like what time's gonna work best for you. And I think it's, you know, yes, you don't want to like wait forever. Like, you know, you don't want to be like waiting like 10 minutes in between your sets and things like that. To, like, I mean, like, and if it's taking you that much to recover, I'm probably checking other things. So like, I, I think it's one of those things where, you know, find what's going to get, let you do that next set just as good as you did the first, right? Like so you can have that time to recover for most instances. And yes, there are some things where you have shorter rest periods, you know, and things like that. But I think finding some time to actually rest in between. I think the main thing I want to touch on was like, actually rest. Like you shouldn't be, jogging in place you shouldn't be doing the burpees you shouldn't be doing the jumping jacks you shouldn't be you know trying to do just like active rest period whatever you want to call that like it's actually a rest period so sit there stay in there wherever like actually take those few minutes to rest and recover for that next set i think it's one of the most important things a lot of people like get caught up on is like what am i supposed to be doing right now like you're supposed to be doing nothing you're supposed to be resting <laughs> yeah i think you guys covered it a lot of it like <laughs> the most frustrating fitness answer but it depends yeah <laughs> um it depends on you know overall vo volume i do think it is important to note here like if our if questions like these are coming up frequently in your programming um it's probably worth it to check out hiring a coach because a lot of us have a lot of very detailed training and how to program efficiently and we're looking at your volume throughout the week we're looking at your very specific goals um, your days, your splits, your, your movements, like is it rest and main, main lifts? Is it rest and supersets? Like, what are we looking at rest time? Is it in your aerobic component, anaerobic? Like there's so many other questions that as a programmer, we, we would want to know before giving you advice, like, oh, like 90 seconds is the magic yeah. rest number. Like there is no magic prescription for rest. Um, so if it is something that's coming up so much in your workouts that you are more than just like a is this an optimal rest period or do I need to be doing something different for progress? It's, it's probably um, really beneficial for you to reach out to someone and just, you know, talk to a coach, ask some questions. We're always happy to help. Even if you're not working with us, like some of us will just nerd out over this stuff with you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've always, and, I've always uh, said, go ahead. No, no, you're good. I was I've always said like, just shoot us message. Like we're always happy to talk about these things. Yeah. We're all nerds. Yep. <laughs> We're nerds who like the gym. Uh, but one last thing is uh, Eric Helms. He's a super, super smart guy. Um, he actually created, um, it was one of the first like 
training books that I've ever read, um, the training hierarchy. And in this, he details out like what things are the most important. He kind of puts it on a pyramid. Um, so like the base of the pyramid is the most important and the top of the pyramid is the least important. They're still important, but to what degree are they actually important? And it goes adherence, volume, intensity, frequency, progression, exercise, selection, rest periods, and then tempo. So like, yes, they're important, but like, again, stop missing the, and again, yeah, I don't hundred percent agree with that. Um, but it just kind of shows like there are things that are very, very important. And there are things that are less important. Like all of it. Yes. Has the time and place to be important, but like ask yourself, like, are you knocking out the big pillars, the low hanging fruit first? If you're not doing that, then like, you don't need to worry about rest time or the other things. Like let's focus on the really big things first. What, what, would, what order would you put all those in? I'm curious. <laughs> Feel like that could be another that is another. a whole a whole other <laughs> podcast because i also I don't 100 do, agree with that list i do believe that tempo is the most underrated that that's i would move tempo as well in the fitness world yep yeah i'd i'd move um tempo down to exercise i'd move tempo down exercise selection up and rest periods up yeah that specifically eccentric eccentric tempo like Mm-hmm. The literal most underutilized, most important tool ever. And again, it, it comes down to an, it depends and goal, like what's your specific goal. But I a hundred percent agree with that. And that's something that I, I love to utilize with my clients all the time. And it fucking sucks. It's so hard mm-hmm. to train that way sometimes. <laughs> and uh, Chase will know, we were just talking about this the other day, trying to do like two or three count pause bench. You're like one, two, one, like, fuck, what number am I at? <laughs> I was just someone else there counting for you. I had two count bins this morning and I was definitely getting mixed up and then all the numbers. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I've been recording and posting all of my lifts on TikTok um, just so that I can stay more consistent to myself and like whoever wants to watch can watch. But like I noticed going through, I'm like, I did 12 reps. I'm like, oh, I did 13. <laughs> Damn it. I can't count. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Anything else, guys? I think we talked a lot. Yeah. I think I just want to like end on this one note and we're not going to drag this out. I literally just want to, I know this is going to be coming out on December 26th. So the day after Christmas and some of you may be listening to this Christmas is over and maybe ate a lot of food yesterday or this weekend. Maybe you skipped your workouts all weekend or during the week, whatever it may be one meal, one day, one week, all of that is not going to lose your progress. So I just want to make sure everyone realizes like you didn't miss out on any progress. You're perfectly fine. Just get right back to your normal routine. hundred percent. Eat the good food. Enjoy the time with your friends, family, whatever you do for the holiday, enjoy your Christmas and just get back on track. Don't let it turn into multiple days or weeks. Yep. For sure. All right, guys. I think that's all we have for today. Good episode. All right. See ya. Bye all.